In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So God willing, today we're going to continue um, looking at some of the sayings of the Desert Fathers, and specifically, um, God willing, today we'll start speaking about some of the sayings related to detachment, and also to um, the accepting of praise and criticism. So um, this is a story about Abba Macarius. Um, they said they say that once when Abba Macarius was absent, a thief entered his cell, and that when he returned and found a thief therein, loading upon a camel everything which he had in his cell, he also went in and took some of the things and laid them on the camel. And when the thief had loaded the camel, he began to beat it in order to make it rise up, but it would not move. Now when Abba Macarius saw that the beast would not stand up, he took a basket which was remaining and brought it out and laid it on the camel and said, The camel wishes to carry off this also, O brother. And because of this, it would not stand up. Then the old man cried out to the camel, Stand up. And straight away, because of the old man's words, it stood up. But when it had gone forward for a little, it lay down again, and it would not rise up and the until the thief had emptied the whole of its load. So it's an interesting story. Um, what do you think about the reaction of Abba Macarius to this thief? To understand the story, so thief was stealing all of the things that Abba Macarius had, and and he actually was helping the thief to load it on his own cam on the camel of the thief. So, what do you think about this reaction? Do you think it was a reasonable reaction? Pretty uncommon. I would say uncommon is an understatement, right? Um, so is this saying that this is the way we should act? Like if we come home and we see that some people are robbing our house, we should go in and start helping him rob the house? Hmm? Why, why, what, is the, what do we get out of this story? Don't be attached to the things that you have. Good. What were you going to say? Good. So those are very similar, right? Like the idea of I shouldn't be attached to things. And like I said at the beginning when we first started the series, the, these sayings and these stories are not intended for us to imitate them literally. But they show a kind of faith and, and in this case a detachment. Like Amba McCarthy doesn't even have any care at all about his own things. And he sees maybe even that this is a lesson from God that God is, uh, is testing his detachment, and that when he comes and he sees that this thief is stealing all of his things, what is his reaction going to be? And again, this is not to say that it is be normal for us to react in this way, but the principle is there. It actually reminds me of another story. I think it was Abun Abshoil and Tony actually who, who said this story one time. He said, um, I can't remember. I can't remember the details exactly, but roughly it's it goes like this. So there was in the monastery there was one of the monks, his cell caught on fire. And it was burning the whole cell. And so all the monks began to panic, and they went and to try to get water to try to put out the fire. But the monk who owned the cell, he told them, don't get any water, don't do anything. If St. Anthony wants his monastery to burn down, that's up to him. Or if he wants to save it, this is up to him. 
and the fire went out by itself, right? It's like, again, this is not the normal way you would, you would react, right? But it, it demonstrates a kind of a, a faith and a principle that is working underneath, which is, um, I do not, I am not attached to anything, right? And God who sees someone who truly, truly is detached, like he rewards them with these like miracles, with these things that are happening. Like God steps in when we say, you know what, God, I completely leave everything in your hands and whatever you want to happen, I have, I, I'm, I'm accepting it. You know, if Ebba McCarries, if this thief actually succeeded, of course, Ebba McCarries didn't know that the camel was going to stop. If this thief actually su- 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 succeeded and took away everything that he had, he wouldn't have been upset. You know, actually, what is it that a monk owns anyway? You know, um, you have mer- many stories of monks that go and they don't even have a cell to live in. And, you know, obviously now in the modern monasteries, the cells are essentially like little rooms in a building, right? Whereas at the time, in order to have a cell, you would, the monk would actually go and carve out a cave out of a rock, you know, and that that would be that would be his home where he lives. Like, he literally has nothing, so he has no connection to any material things at all. Right. So, in the context of our lives, what is detachment? What does detachment look like? Uh, we are not monks. We don't go carve out holes in mountains. If there is a thief who is coming, most likely we're going to try to call, stop them or call the police. Okay? What does detachment look like? What do we learn from this story when it applies to us? We learn nothing from the story. What do you think? There's no right answer. Just say what you think. Yes. So what is the priority of like um, your material things? How important is it to you? How do we fi- how do we know how important something is to us? When we lose it, good. So that's one way. How much time we spend thinking about it, good. How 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 do you protect it? What do you do to protect it? What else? How willing you are to share it, good. What else? What are you willing to give up to keep it? You know? Because that, the, the measure of how much I value something has to do with what else do I sacrifice to attain it, right? Like when we pay money for something, we are saying that that money is worth less to me than the thing that I'm buying. Otherwise, I wouldn't buy it. And if I think that the thing is too expensive, what that means is that thing is not as valuable to me as that money and what I can get with that money. So I say, no, I'm not going to buy it. So when you want to look at to see if you're detached or how attached that we might be to something, those are all great criteria, all great ways for us to think about how much I care about something, right? What am I willing to give up? How do I protect it? What do I do to attain it? Am I willing to share it with other people? All those are, are like I'm experiencing, how do I react when I lose it, right? When I give it away or when it is taken from me, what is my reaction? So does that mean then that when something is taken from me, I should have no emotion at all? 
So you're saying no. So explain. Good. So it's okay to have a feeling, right? It's okay to feel. But what does that feeling cause us to do? You know, like if I lose something that's important to me, one person could respond with sorrow and I'm upset about it. But then I get over it quickly and I'm able to function. I'm able to live and I kind of, I'm still thankful to God. I'm not resentful against God or bitter toward God that he allowed this to happen. Okay. But another person because I lose something of importance to me, is so angry at God, can't even pray anymore, loses their faith in God, doesn't trust in God, is consumed with anger about this thing that they lost and sadness, and it completely overwhelms their life and they fall into despair, right? Like these are extreme, like two reactions, right? In both cases, we felt emotion, right? We cannot control our emotions. Our emotions are, are, are something kind of like, uh, it's like a wild horse, you know, and you can't control the emotions. But even though it's hard to make the right choice when our emotions are very powerful and very strong, we are still called to make that choice. Like I can choose to respond in a right way, even if my emotions are very powerful, right? And so this idea of detachment was something very, very important to the early church fathers because in order for someone even to leave you know, civilization, and go to become a monk or a nun, they had to be detached. And, and that detachment meant that my love for God is so great that I want to leave behind every physical possession in order to live with nothing so that I could be completely without distraction praying to God. Again, maybe that's not something that all of us here can do. But the principle of detachment still applies, right? So how, how do we apply detachment? How, are, how do we be detached when we're making high salaries, people making six-figure salaries and, and, and living in a place where you have large houses and cars and, 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 and all these things that we have in our lives? Okay? How can we be detached and live detached and not be fooled into, into actually being very materialistic? What do you think? So you have to be aware that it's definitely a temptation, right? Because sometimes, and I see this with the way that parents raise their kids. If we have means to get our kids absolutely everything that their hearts desire, and let's say we have enough money to do it, and it's not from a financial perspective, there's no limit. You know, you want a pony, I get you a pony. You want, you know, 10 video game consoles, I get you 10 video game consoles. I'll give you everything you want because for me I can afford it so easily, right? The 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 limitation is not that we can't afford it. We can afford it and we can afford 10 times as much as well, right? And so we see examples of parents who have that such means who raise their kids by essentially giving them their heart's desire and they do so with the belief that this is showing them love. Right? They're, not, they're not doing it to hurt the kids, obviously. Right? They want the kids to be happy, and they know that these things bring them happiness. And so I'll get you everything that you want. Okay? 
but but if we are thinking about this principle that that essentially what i'm doing is i'm getting my kids addicted to material things right is it the case that just because i can afford to give them something that i should give it to them you know if if i am more restrained and moderate in what i give them and i teach them the reason the reason is not because we can't afford it the reason is because I don't want you to become addicted to material things. I want you to be in control. I want you to not feel that I must have certain things. And of course, you know, it's, it's very difficult, right? Because we have a very materialistic society and our kids are always seeing everything in front of them that's being offered to them and they want it, right? So we have to teach ourselves and to teach them because we as adults, we fall into the same thing, maybe with just different kinds of toys. But... Um, we, we have to tell ourselves, just because I can afford something doesn't automatically mean that I should have it. Because to demonstrate restraint in it, it's going to help me to be detached from these things. Okay, good. What else? What's another way we can learn to be detached in this world that we live? Yes. So how do you, but how do you make that happen? Like, how do you ensure that that's the case? Okay, so, so the, the things that are, so, so back to the idea of priorities, right? So we, we say, okay, our priorities are certain things and we're not gonna allow the desire for material things to change them. So what's an example of that? Like, like a direct example related to money that would be kind of one of those priorities. Yes. Tithing. Right? Tithing can hurt because we are taking of that opulence and we're taking of that plenty. And, 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 and for some people, it doesn't feel like plenty. Right? And we're taking of it and we are giving it away. Right? And that requires detachment. And that teaches us detachment. Because the more I give it away the more I'm rem I, rem I remember that this doesn't belong to me. It never belonged to me. And, and like really, whenever someone is having difficulty tithing, that's what I tell them is, this money isn't even yours. Like this is somebody else's money. Like when you receive it, imagine that some friend of yours came to you and he says, I want you to hold on to some of this money for me. I give you permission to spend some of it on yourself, but the rest of it, I want you to give it away, okay? When you think about it in those terms, it's easy because it's not my money. Like somebody give me some money and he says, don't spend that money. It's like, okay, I'm not gonna spend it. It doesn't belong to me. The moment I received it, I did not have that feeling like, oh wow, look, I, I now have this money for me. No, I never even had the feeling. It never even came to my feeling because I knew from the beginning that this was something given to me by somebody else. But when it comes to our income, that we have earned through hard work, then it feels different. Now we begin to feel like this money belongs to me and I have now control to spend it however I see fit. And that's the first problem. Because we think like that, then once we are giving it away, once God says tithe your money, give, serve the poor, like give to somebody else that who's in need, now it's like it's like I'm ripping something you know, apart from, from me. Like it's like I'm having to like make a sacrifice, right? when it's actually not even a sacrifice because it never belonged to me to begin with. 
This is the means by which God teaches us detachment. See, tithing has so many blessings. We learn detachment through tithing. We bless other people who are in need through tithing. We receive a blessing because we are serving other people through tithing. The church is blessed and sustained and supported through tithing. Like, God could have provided for all of the money that every, all the poor need and that the church needs through some other means if he chose. He could. But he chose this means because this is an expression of love in addition to a demonstration of detachment, right? Like, I am benefiting from learning detachment. I am able to have an opportunity to love someone else by giving them according to their needs. Someone else is blessed through, by God through this person who is receiving the money. Like, tithing has so many benefits and so many blessings, and God says that whoever tithes, God will reward, like, in an unbelievable way. So this principle of detachment, obviously, is not just important for those who have, you know, abandoned the world and left it behind and renounced it and gone to live in the desert. You know, maybe for them, that is like the ultimate detachment, where they literally own nothing, okay? But for us, there's a lot of things that we can do to remind ourselves all the time that just because I have a thing doesn't mean that I should indulge in that thing. And just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. And I'm training myself all the time not to be attached to the things that I have. And that's like a good example of why we fast, right? We fast not because the food is wrong or evil, but I am training myself to avoid certain foods, to, to learn self-control. And the same is true with money. I can train myself, like let's say during periods of fasting, well, I will avoid to buy extravagant things, right? Not because those things are wrong, but because I'm learning that even of the wealth that I have been given, I learn not to be addicted to it. I learn to be detached from it. There's another one of the church fathers whose name is St. John Climacus. He is famous for writing one book, which is a very famous book, which is called The Ladder of Divine Ascent, which is why sometimes he is called um, St. John of the Ladder. He was a very ascetic father, and um, there isn't much known about his life, but this book is a very famous spiritual book, and it is read by the monastics as well, and I would recommend everyone to read it. It's, it's, it's designed to be like rungs of a ladder. It's like you have a ladder that is like leading up to heaven. And each step along this ladder is like one step closer to heaven. And so it's speaking about, from, from a monastic perspective, what is it that as a monastic that they should be focusing on and attaining and mastering in order to draw closer and closer to God? So um, here's a couple things from this book, um, The Ladder of Divine Ascent, that St. John Climacus says about detachment. He says, if someone believes he is without affection for an object, but is saddened by its removal, then he is merely tricking himself, right? Like what we said before. If I believe that I have detachment, but then when something, someone takes something from me, I am like terribly disturbed, then maybe I have to question whether I have detachment or not. Now remember, as we said before, he is speaking to a monastic, okay? So he's speaking to someone who should not really have any ownership of anything. Like, for instance, the monks, right? Even the things that they have in their own cell, they don't really own those things. They have been granted those things to use because they need them, right? But it is different than ownership, okay? 
Of course, we would struggle when something important is taken from us. But this is the principle, is that how much do I, am I disturbed? How much am I in despair because something has been taken from me is a sign of my detachment. He also says, the one who has come to hate this world has left despair. But the one who retains attachment to tangible things has not yet been saved from despair. How indeed is it possible for us not to be happy at the loss over what we have loved? We should have diligent alertness in everything, and to this we must dedicate our full attention above all else. For I have observed many in the world who through their concerns, occupations, cares, vigils, have, avo have avoided their carnal desires. So again, um, speaking about losing what it is that we have, the more that we have, the easier it is for us to be attached. I'll give you an example that happened to me, not about material things, but it was actually kind of interesting. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting it. So before I became a priest, I worked a normal 40-hour-a-week job, and I had Saturdays and Sundays off. And like anyone else, I didn't like Mondays, right? Because Mondays, now Monday's my favorite day. But, but before, Mondays was like, okay, the beginning of my work week. And so I wasn't looking forward to it. So, you know, when it's like Sunday evening, you're starting to get that feeling where it's like, okay, I have work tomorrow morning and I'm not looking forward to it and so on. And so we all kind of subconsciously have this cycle where people who have this schedule just kind of feel like Monday is the beginning of work. It's, you know, and, and I'm not necessarily looking forward to it. So I went in my job a period of three weeks because we had um, like a, a deadline coming up where I worked every single day, where I didn't have any weekends at all, where I, I was at work like... 10, 11, or 12 hours a day, every day for three weeks. What I noticed is that after those three weeks, I no longer had any emotion toward Monday because Monday was like any other day. I worked Saturday, I worked Sunday, I worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I didn't have any um, like specific feeling toward Monday anymore because I didn't have any days off, right? And actually, even though it was difficult to work every day, there was something about it that felt freeing because I, I know, like Monday no longer had any power over me. I didn't feel any negative feelings toward any day. Every day was the same. And I remember at the time, even though it's, it sounds kind of silly, but I remember at the time thinking that this is like being detached because everything has been taken. When, when everything is taken, like the way that these monks live, when you own nothing and you're not attached to anything, there is a freedom associated with it. Because what do we do with the things that we have? we're obsessed with protecting it. What do you do when you buy an expensive new car? You have to park on that parking spot that's like way out in the boonies, that's like far away from everybody because you're afraid of any car parking next to your car so because it might get scratched. And you're stressed out about what happens to your car. And you're, anything new that we buy that we you know, put so much money and, and energy into attaining, we become obsessed with it. And we care so much about protecting it. And that desire to protect it actually brings stress. Right? And this here is what um, St. John Climacus is saying. The one who retains an attachment to tangible things has not yet been saved from despair. Despair comes through the, the, the trying to protect that which we have. But to accept that we have nothing and to accept that even the things that God allows me to use, I am like a steward of those things, but I'm not an owner of those things. If God takes it, he takes it. Like Just like what Job said. How is it was Job was able to survive the calamity that came on him to lose all that he had, and even his family, you know? And he said, what the God has given and, and, and the God has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Like if truly that is how I believe, that if God wants me to have nice things, that he wants me to have a house and a car and all this, God has given, thank God. And if God takes these things away, thank God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I truly have no obsession, no desire to attain, to retain, to keep. But people go to war over money. People go to war over material things. They fight because they want to keep things for themselves. Um, this happened also to St. Paul the Hermit. St. Paul the Hermit, who was um, a great hermit that lived at the time of St. Anthony, whom St. Anthony himself went and visited him. How did he become a hermit? Well, it happened that when he was living in the world that his father passed away. And he, and he had a brother as well. And he and his brother began to fight over who would have whatever share of the inheritance. And even though they were good people, and they were Christian people, and they loved the Lord, but the love of money crept into their heart, and they began to fight about who would um, have the inheritance. And it ruined their relationship, and it ruined their relationship in the family, because they kept fighting over the family business and the money and so on. And so they went to court. They decided they, they sued each other. Okay, And as St. Paul was this is obviously before he was we call him a saint he was just paul okay as he was walking toward the court he saw a funeral procession and in that moment he kind of like woke up to himself and said i'm going to fight for this material things that are passing away and this man is dead in the coffin he has nothing he owns nothing there is nothing that he, he has and nothing that he takes with him. And so in that very moment, without even telling his family or his brother or anyone, he decided to go into the wilderness and he lived for decades in solitude, doing nothing but praying to God from that realization, right? So we fight, we war, we have conflict, we, we have anxiety over trying to keep the things that we have. If we learn to live simply and to live with detachment, then maybe we'd be much more happy in our lives. Okay. Any comments before we conclude? Yes. So the, the working of the land had to do with the fact that prior to the fall, everything was given to mankind for free, right? Like God created the Garden of Eden to provide for every need of man. And if you look at all the needs of man, not just the physical needs, every single need, the emotional needs, the spiritual needs, the relationship needs, the, the, the finding meaning and purpose, and the physical needs, absolutely every need that we as human beings have were completely fulfilled in the garden. Okay, because God never intended for us to live with lack. He never intended to, for us to live with, with a need that was not met because it was paradise, right? After the fall, every single need that we had fulfilled in the garden now was no longer fulfilled to its fullness the way that it was, okay? So one of them is the physical need, the physical human need, the, the food and water, shelter, and so on. So part of the fact that now they had been you know, they, they had been ejected from the Garden of Eden. No longer was the food freely available to them, but now they had to work hard in order to uh, collect and grow the food that they were to eat, right? As far as, um, you know, as, as far as after the coming of the Lord, um, 
we are still living in the same corrupted world, right? So even though the, 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 the Holy Spirit transforms and sanctifies us, but it doesn't um, remove the human physical needs that we have. And because the physical world is still corrupted, that's why suddenly it's not like when you become baptized, like all this food just appears to you, right? Because the world is still the same world. But when we put off the flesh, which is the corrupted flesh in heaven, there is no food at all. You have no, you have no need for food, right? So I think that's, I don't know if that answers your question, but okay. Okay, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day, and we thank you for allowing us to learn at the feet of the desert fathers who came before us and who experienced the fullness of your love for them through sacrificing all that they had in order to be with you. We ask, O God, that you fill us and you fill our lives with you more and more so that we would not be distracted with the things of this life and not cling to those things that are actually a hindrance and distraction for us. We ask, O oh God, that you teach us to be detached from the world. And even though you shower us with many blessings and many gifts, that we would indeed praise you, the creator and the giver, more than we would be attached to the creation and the gift that you give. We thank you for your goodness and your patience and love with us. We ask, O oh God, that you strengthen us and you lead us to your heavenly kingdom. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints, hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, and the communion and the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace, the peace of the